Hello, this is Darren Pulsifer, Chief Solution Architect of Public Sector at Intel. And welcome to Embracing Digital Transformation, where we investigate effective change leveraging people, process, and technology. On today's episode, a Gen AI Advisor for Data Center Management with special guest Greg Campbell, CTO of Verge.io. Greg, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Darren. Hey, this is your second time on? Yes, yes. You, you brought me been, back. <laughs> it's been like a year and a half almost? Yeah, probably. Yeah, so exciting. So it's. I don't want you to just pitch your idea. You talked to me the other day and I went, oh, that is cool. That is super cool. What you guys are doing with your virtualized um, infrastructure. Um, but real quick, um, give people a little bit of your background and why you started Verge.io. And then we'll get into this new technology on leveraging Gen AI in infrastructure management. I think it's pretty sweet. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, software developer and uh, entrepreneur my whole life started, you know, the Commodore 64 days and, you know, just never stopped coding. Um, never, you know, ran companies, but even as running the company, I'm, I'm always in the code. So always deep, deep in the week. Dear to my, dear to my heart, Greg, <laughs> dear to my heart. Um, yes. And uh, so I, you know, I had a couple small exits and I had, was actually starting a, another company building search engines and some pretty what I thought was complicated stuff at the time and you know this this was like oh seven oh eight you know time frame and uh, you know I had realized that you know trying to stitch together lots of resources lots of servers to you know uh, to build this the search engine I needed billions of results and uh, you know millions of queries and millions of results and you know there's no single server that can do that right and. I kind of saw that there was there was something missing, and I, I in the end got it coded, made it work. But I found that a good eighty percent of my time had nothing to do with the search engine. It was stitching together infrastructure, taking these servers, making them play nice together, distributing storage and communications and security and compute, and and I realized there was something missing in my toolbox to make that happen right away. And kind of in my my thought at the time was kind of like what the what the personal operating system, what the hardware abstraction layer did to a server by allowing developers to not have to worry about hardware and code generically, we needed something like that for lots of servers. For distributed servers, got it. Yes. And so uh, started a company um, at the time I called it Yadabyte. Um, and the idea was to stitch together these, these things. I knew storage was going to be the, the, the more difficult uh, problem to solve. Um, so started with, with uh, storage, with Yadabyte. And trying to stitch together and present storage in a very common way, whether it's a single laptop that I'm coding off of or a thousand servers, make it work no matter what, right? No matter what the hardware is with the, the eventual idea of then you know, building in, you know, compute and networking to ultimately get to the, to the concept of virtual data center, uh, which is what we did. And, and now it is uh, presented out there uh, under Verge IO in our Verge operating system. So it's it's really cool technology. There's an episode on that. If you guys go back and look um, on our podcast, you can hear the whole story of Verge.io. And we even did a demonstration on the podcast of connecting two clusters. But the new stuff that you were taught, that you've been playing around with, because you are like me, you are a tinkerer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? And you probably, you probably um, 
think of, I can't wait to relax and code something up. Yes. <laughs> but that's your, that's your yeah, escape, I'm, right? Yeah, yeah. When I finally retire and then I could just code more stuff. Yeah. 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 I, I feel the same way. My wife, I, I've mentioned this on the show before. I think my wife loves to read books when we go on vacation on, on a beach or by the pool. I have my laptop and what am I doing? Genetic algorithms or now yeah. it's going to be generative AI. So you, you cracked open uh, uh, Llama 2. Right. Yeah. You know, I've always, you know, my, my hobby outside of, you know, work and coding and everything I do normally has always been actually been AI. And I, so I've always had, had an ear and an eye on an AI. I've, I've written my own neural networks. I, years ago, I built a whole uh, video compression system that was basically a neural network. And instead of, you know, the standard uh, compression algorithms, it was using like, it was like predicting you know, pixel sequences and learning. Oh, that's cool. And basically, it was a neural network. And, you know, it was, it was really, it was really freaky too. When I finally got it working, it was like watching, like, like I would imagine watching somebody's dream. That's what it was like. That's know? what it's like. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But, you know, so I've always been tinkering and, and kind of watching. And, and honestly, you know, my retirement would have been working on, you know, AGI and, and, and AI, you know, something where I don't necessarily have to worry about making a profit immediately because it's high risk, you know, very, uh, long-term kind of stuff, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously anybody with any interest in AI at all is, is, uh, you know, all, all hands on deck watching what's, what's unfolding in the world right now, uh, the past, you know, just really year and a half, two years. Right. Yeah. Not, not even that, almost <laughs> right. not even a year. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, so obviously yeah, I, I've been playing around and, and yeah, with the new uh, Llama 2 uh, announcement a few weeks ago, I mean, that, that really opened up a lot for the tinkerers now to be able to, to play around with this stuff. So, um, yeah, I've been, I've been playing and got, got some cool results so far and some really good ideas to kind of extend, you know, our vision of, of automating infrastructure, automating the data center and just, you know, bringing it down to a level that, you know, we don't need all the complexity and, and experts and everything that goes along with it. So, so um, one thing we've been talking on the podcast recently about is, is use cases of generative AI. And you found a really interesting use case specifically around infrastructure management, um, which I think is actually pretty brilliant. And to me, it's an example of a huge shift in user interface design and in um, adaptive user interfaces, um, which to me is really exciting um, because um, it simplifies things so much. Right. <laughs> um, so I just I just pitched you a, a big, fat, juicy um, pitch right down the middle. So take us home with this. <laughs> yeah. So I'll talk a little bit about some of the, you know, the plan, cause me, my, you know, my role in the company, I'm, you know, I'm the founder and CTO. So, you know, yes, I have the, the day job of coding the product, but I'm also the guy that gets to look to, to the future and play, you know, do the research and development and tinker and build the prototypes. So I, I get the fun stuff too. Right. Right. And, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm kind of, there, there's like, four or five uh, kind of things that I see kind of emerging out of this. And, and first and foremost, it, it just, you know, which is the heart and soul of our product is, is simplicity, right? Like, you know, so much of, the, of what we have in infrastructure, there, there's a lot of complexity that just arose from how we got here. 
you know, we, we have all these different components from storage and networking and compute and backup and, you know, security and user manager, all these things. And then they all have to talk to each other. And there's, you know, multiple vendors and multiple licenses and multiple versioning. And it just all gets really complicated. So then you, you have to have a lot of, you know, very, uh, you know, educated and trained and skilled staff that, you know, know all of these individual silos and somebody to pull it all together and coordinate everything. And it's very expensive. And, you know, there's just not enough people out there that, that even understand this stuff, right? So, which is why the cloud has taken over so much because it's like, I'll just outsource it. Well, yeah, that wasn't that the promise of the cloud? The promise of right. the cloud was yeah. to simplify things, right? Absolutely. You know, but the trade-off is, you know, instead of, you know, buying a house, you're renting one, right? And, or living yeah. out of a hotel, basically. <laughs> To me, the complexity uh, shifted and actually increased. Yeah, and in many ways it has. Yes, absolutely. So, so the thought was, okay, you know, we've got we've got these these cool models now that have basically been trained on you know almost all of human knowledge, you know, in, in particular whatever's on the internet, and right. you know, it goes without saying that pretty much anything computer related is on the internet. You know, that, that's, that's the one knowledge set that we're, we're, we're pretty much covered <laughs> yeah. you know, as far as what's going to be scraped, right? So it's very easy to start to get something together that already has a, a pretty good IT generalist starting point, you know? And so the thought was, you know, okay, there's a few ways to go about this, you know, we're playing with, but, you know, we take something like that, train it as well on, on, you know, our product specifically, IT, you know, uh, infrastructure management, hardware, you know, all this, all the stuff that we've learned over the past, you know, decade plus in, in doing what we're doing. Um, and, you know, w- what if that was available to you at all times, you know, that not only, you know, from a answer my generic questions, you know, as I ask it, you know, about the product and about, uh, you know, just IT in general, um, but it also has the context of your environment. It's not just a generic thing. It's something that's been trained generically, but also has this extra context of what does my environment look like right now? You know, what's the makeup? How many servers do I have? What, what vendors am I using? What applications am I running? What applications am I running? What are the current, you know, CPU, uh, you know, and memory stats, you know, of every single server? And you have all that context in, you know, with whatever you're querying it. So I could ask it very generic things like, why is things, why are things running slow right now? You know, and, and it's, it knows I'm talking about my infrastructure, knows who I am. It knows all the stats and information and it has all the history of what are all the things that can make things be slow. And it can come back and say, well, you know, for starters, maybe we should take a look at node number five, which seems to be running at, you know, all cores at hundred percent CPU and blah, 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 blah. Um, which, you know, is, is, is very cool, you know, especially at, at the ready all the time, no matter where you are. I mean, yeah, we, of course, we got support from support staff and everything, but, you know, having access to that level three level, you know, support right there and with all the knowledge of all your, you know, your current stuff, even, even our support staff is going to have to, okay, let's look things up. Let's see what things look like right now in your environment. And right, yeah. remember, you know, so there, there's some really cool stuff that can happen, you know, especially as we trained in on all the data that we have about, 
you know, some, you know, some So let's talk a let's talk a little bit about the training. So I this is this is very different than what you see with like ChatGPT or Bard or Cloud, which is you took a generalized model, uh, Llama two has a, yeah. a lot of general knowledge. Yep, for starting. Then point. you you almost clipped its wings a little bit and said, you know, I don't want you to know all the general knowledge. I want you to focus on IT management knowledge. Right. Can it, yep. Sub, you know, somebody right. you know, trying to constrain it and you constrain know, it a little bit. We talked about this. Yeah. And so like part of what we've been experimenting with is kind of finding the right balance between, uh, you know, training the system, you know, and versus, Context. There's there's kind of this trade. Uh, uh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Pre-trained and, and built in from a very generic perspective versus take your generic model and now let's let's allow, allow you to role play because these things are really good at role playing. But oh let's, yeah, let's set your persona and get you you locked in your zone and you are a consultant working with you know however you want to frame it, but you can you can kind of just through context, even allow it to hone in and, and learn a lot. So we're, we've been playing around with the good, you know, trying to find that balance there. And, and, and then you also, you also give it live feeds of real, uh, real-time data as well. It, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and we've been playing around with like, even you know, there's a little bit of like a you know, multiple aspects. There might be some reiterative stuff where, you know, one model is asking another model to, you know, take this data set and reduce it into something that might be actionable. And then the, the other one's trained more on operating off of that. So, you know, there's even some. Uh, so, so I really like this approach because a lot of people, when they think of large language models, it's one model to, to rule them all. Right. And what, and what I've found and you're, you're kind of reiterating it is it's the combination of models that have been trained to do different things that get you the result that you want. Yeah, it's it, you. You absolutely. I mean, obviously, the generic ones are, are powerful, and you know, if we had enough hardware and, and and everything, you could run a massive model that that you know knows everything. But it also sometimes other knowledge can can get in the way and can confuse it, and you know. Yeah, and well, and and that comes up with um, the the concept of hallucinations, right? Yes. 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 Right. And honestly, that, that's the biggest problem we're running into right now is you know how how big and how advanced this need to be to get the right data sets because as soon as you try to over optimize or shrink down too much, then it's it's just, you know, it starts to make stuff. Or up. or if you or if you tell it to give you more creativity, <laughs> right. it's gonna get very creative, which oh, yeah. <laughs> when you're managing uh infrastructure, you don't want creativity. No, this is this is yeah, we're all about the fact we're we're a bunch of uh, geeks, right? You know, we're <laughs> very, very specific. We're gonna be very technical. So uh, all right, so this is pretty cool. So let's talk about let's talk about some of the scenarios that you think this could really help out with. Um, yeah. Cause you mentioned complete, you're going to simplify things quite a bit. So what, what does that mean to my staff? What does that mean to uh, if, well, yeah, you know, where, so, you know where I'm going with this. Yeah. So there's, there's a few you know cases and I, and I think, it, so we see it a lot with even with our customer base that, you know, it's, it's hard to get good people that, that are, technical enough at the, this low level, right? And, you know, even if you have a couple of people, they're not always available, they're busy, they're overwhelmed, you know, they're expensive. Um, you know, so, I mean, we get a lot of just, you know, even with our support, you know, more often than not, it ends up being nothing to do with our product. You know, we're, we're helping them diagnose hardware issues and guest level, you know, things and, um, you know, infrastructure and IT in general, it's, it's, you know, it's tough, right? There's, 
so many pieces. There's so many involved. variables. Exactly. And, you know, so, so a big piece is to have that, that available to everybody almost built into the product that you've got this, this, you know, consultant available at all times that you can ask and inquiry. And, but then once you start doing some other things with it, you know, it's, it's the first step is it's, you have to initiate, right? You, you're asking it a question. It's just there to help. It's just there to consult, but you could start to go a step further from there, a couple of steps further, you know? So, so one thing we're looking at is things like, okay, well, what if I'm not initiating it? What if the system is sending, you know, periodic snapshots and, you know, here's my current state. Hey, do you see anything wrong? No. Great. Do you see anything wrong? And it's just continually so, asking it. See anything so wrong when, now? <laughs> yeah. So let's say that it's asking every, every, um, I don't know, minute or every right. hour, whatever. The interval. It, and it finds something and it sends me an email or right. pages me, you know, whatever the case may be. In the old systems, we used to page people. Yes. For you, for you, Zen, Gen Z and millennials, you don't know what a pager is. Right. <laughs> old sysadmins, we walked around with a pager all the time. Right. And ignored um, the 911. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but I'm notified if something goes wrong. Can, the way that you envision it, can my uh, digital virtual uh, sysadmin, mm -hmm. can they learn from the interaction with me as well? Meaning those things aren't that big of a deal. Well, right, right. Well, and, you know, the first phase of it is, is going to be to learn from from us and from our right. you know, all, all the data that we have and to learn what types of alerts. What things are alerts are. and what aren't. Yeah. And even beyond that, you know, next step is, you know, okay, one of the AI models determines that there's an issue. And then it sends that result to a different AI model with the question of, you just received this alert. What would your next action be? Right. Oh, interesting. And, and so then, you know, and maybe at that level, it's, it's, that's the email. Hey, we saw this and here's what we suggest. Well, then you go a step further from there. And now let's say, you know, we train a model on how to speak API because that's just a language, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so maybe I didn't go so far as to say, okay, if you're this confident or X confident, you know, it's, it's a, uh, here's the action I've determined I should take. I'm going to email everybody and just let everyone know. And. 10 minutes, I'm executing this action unless you tell me not to. Unless you tell me not to. All <laughs> right. right. You've now created, you now created a semi-sentient um, bot. Not sentient, <laughs> but but re really now you've got a collaboration of AI models that are actually doing stuff. That are yeah, right. not just notifying Darren or Greg. You're actually, I'm going to reboot that machine. I'm going to take that right. down. Right. And once they have that AI access, I mean, you know, that's, that's a, a much further down the line where you actually allow it to take action. But even before that, you know, I, I fully see user interfaces shifting and changing. Right. And, you, right. Know, you, you know, we have these complicated user interfaces because our, you know, for the most part, our, our computers. They're written by, they're written by us. That's well, why they're complicated. Yeah, one thing is written by developers and the other is they don't speak English. No, that's <laughs> exactly, that's exactly you right. Know? Right. And, and another than maybe having some, some pretty dashboards and visualization tools to help, you know, give me information, you know, the whole point and click and, and do what I got to do, you know, maybe there's, maybe a chat interface is, is better. 
you know, in some cases, maybe, maybe it's just quicker and easier to, you know, for my phone, just, you know, Hey, can you reboot server four for me? Or, Hey, can you, can you apply this patch to all the machines that need it and reboot them at two o'clock this morning? And if it doesn't work, just roll it back. Yeah. If it doesn't work, roll back and make sure nothing is running on those machines when you do it. Right. Right. Exactly. I, can you, do you know how long that would take to code up? And I just mentioned it in three well, seconds. Right. And that's the right? thing. And that, that's really what, what these, a lot of these language models are doing for us is that it's taking a lot of the stuff that would have taken programming and we, we've shifted what programming looks like. You know, even a lot of the stuff I'm doing now, even playing with this, it's like, yeah, there's some code involved, but a lot of it is it's English. Like English is the programming language. Yeah. To manipulate well, it you, into you know, what wasn't you that always when, when I went to when I went to college and got my CS degree? Um, that was the thing. Higher level languages. We always talked about it. Yeah. You guys and they always taught us assembly first and machine language yeah. first. Right. So we would appreciate the higher level languages like C and C++ yeah, and then right. Fortran and Pascal and Lisp and, and those things. Now, I I truly believe we could start seeing some new languages based on chat. Yeah, for sure. Or at the very least, I could see, you know, um, a degree as, a, as an English major becoming a lot more valuable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well yeah. You know, or even shifting, you know, how, you know, just... And, and learning the, the proper way of, of wording things and getting proper context and, and everything that goes along with, you know, how you interact with these models. You know, it's. So, it's so my, my big question, kind of an ethical question is, are, do you see these types of um, combination of models and AIs replacing the number of people I need to manage a, da a data center? Because what, what's the ratio today? Is it like 300 servers per? I used to know these numbers and I don't. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it, it changes all the time. It changes but, all the time. But, you, you know, I just, I see right now that it's it's such a struggle. Unless you're one of the big guys, you know, it's it's really hard to get. I, I don't think I've ever talked to a customer running a data center or running, you know, whatever their, their business is that said, I just, I got too much talent. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard anybody said that, say that. Right. So, and I don't, I don't see it necessarily replacing the headcount. I see it supplementing and filling in the gaps that you, you couldn't afford and, or at least you couldn't have even attained, you know, this level. Well, of, yeah, yeah. Because there's, there's so and, much. And to still know. be profitable. Right. Yeah. Um, I, you're, you're a generalist like I am. Right. Because, you know, systems, you know, operating yeah. systems, you know, programming, both front end and back end. There aren't a lot of guys like us out there. Right. Right. And and our knowledge is very broad. If you gave me a coding test on the best way to use um, different data structures and um, like pointer arithmetic type stuff in C and C++, I would fail. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Because why? Because I don't code that way anymore. Yeah. Right. 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 But I know where I know what to look up. Well, yeah. And that, and that's, you know, it's hard to even reproduce us Yeah, yeah. because I'm talking about in, in terms of like future generations, because IT, you know, this isn't this field of, of every, any field that you can learn of, you know, in college, like this, this field has changed so much over the years that the, the foundation of, of my journey to get here and, and what 
you know, what I worked with and the, the RAM limits and how we had to code is just yeah, yeah, so yeah. different than what people are starting from now. You know, it's, it's a different set of skills. So, so do we clone ourselves into these AIs? I, I, I mean that a little bit tongue in cheek, but we, not we, really. We, yeah. We we're already joking about it around, <laughs> around the office now that we've like, you know, we always joked about you know, how do we find the, the Greg or the Paul, or the you know the whatever clone button to, to get more of us, and and now you know we might have a bunch of virtual Gregs that you know sales engineers that understand the complexity of of all all the right complexity. right and, and how and, different would it really be? I mean, as it is now, I mean, our company we're we're now completely remote, you know, other than you know you know some daily video conferences and stuff like that. Most of our day to day interactions are all through chat. It's you know, yeah. somebody, hey, Greg, real quick, I got a customer now. What do you think of this? Or how would you answer this? I mean, would they know if, if I no. if I had a, a properly oh, trained So model? how do I know I'm really talking to Greg right now? Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, I mean, if this is pre-recorded, or, you know, actually get enough hardware, maybe it even couldn't do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You never uh, know. I just recently did something really crazy. I used um, Eleven Labs, who does voice synthesis, oh. um, a part of the AI, right? They, yeah. I cloned my voice, and now I produce my uh, weekly podcast, the news podcast that I do weekly. Check it out as I'm embracing oh. digital this week. That's I now awesome. produce it in six different languages with me speaking the languages. With your, oh, that's that's awesome. So and cool. I, luckily, I do speak Portuguese, so I did Portuguese first. Oh, so you could compare it. You know, so I could compare it to yeah. my my Portuguese. I've never spoke, uh, spoken such great Portuguese in my whole <laughs> life than what's computer generated. Oh, that's incredible! Um, and and it's pretty impressive. I I was like, wow. So that that just goes. That's just heading in that direction, but. I, I think that I think the benefit of these types of generative AIs, especially in complex systems, is the human brain cannot contain all that information and recall it. All right. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, mean, like a generative AI can. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, there was there were some you know tests that I did you know where you know I'm kind of comparing it to how I might answer an email or you know respond to a support and and yeah there was stuff that I didn't train on but because it also started with this general knowledge, it was able to add color and, and you know, to, to the response that I probably, I mean, yeah, I, I know what it's talking about. So I, I know it's right, but like I either wouldn't have thought to add that much color to it, or, you know, it's even throws in a couple of things like, Oh yeah, you know, they're right. I didn't, didn't even think of that, you know, where, you know, like I was doing some stuff where I throw a bunch of sample data and said, Hey, do you see anything wrong? But I already trained it on some of our stats of like, you know, these numbers should right, right, right. these thresholds. And, and one particular, we were talking about like swap in virtual memory and, you know, not to exceed certain amounts, but, you know, rather than just giving the answer, I gave it, Hey, yeah, I identified one of your servers over here is running in swap and that, you know, you should take a look at it. It went into a whole thing about what swap is and why this is a problem and how, you know, how it's going to wow. so you know, thrash the drives or, you know, your memory is running fast and, you know, and it's like, wow, you know, Hey, I didn't tell it to do that, but no, it, it but had that general knowledge. It filled it in and it was correct. And. Oh yeah, well, well, so that's great. So, all right, here's the next big question, and we'll and we'll finish with this. Um, you obviously don't completely trust it because you're checking it. Sure. Right. So, is there a level of trust 
Um, and how do we articulate that level of trust? Yeah, I mean, that it, it's a tough one for sure. Yeah, and that's why I think, you know, we, we absolutely have to inch our way into this. You know, the turning it over to the, the full access is, is way down. And it might not even be possible, right? We, I mean, you know. So you for, know. for you, the trust is, I, I got to train whoever's using the system. I have to train them enough to know whether the AI is giving something valuable back or not. Yes. And, and that's also why I kind of, I still refer to it as like a consultant. Okay. It's, it's still, you know, it's, it's giving you some input, it's giving you some answers, but ultimately you still need to determine you need to make a decision. you're going to pull the trigger on it or not. Right. Yeah. And, you know, at the same time, you know, it's, it's funny because the bar we have for these things is so incredibly high. I mean, same thing with self-driving, right? Like we need full oh, yeah, self-driving. Yeah, self-driving is... yeah. But you compare it to a bunch of humans and it's like, what. Well, well, yeah, We're I, think it's kind of, I think it's kind of funny too, right? We put, in some states, they put 14-year-olds behind a car. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. right? And, and they say, well, yeah, but I trained him, right? And I look at my son. He's getting his driver's license right now. He needs 40 hours of training, <laughs> right? 40 hours of me driving right. with him around town, and then he can go and try and pass his test. And, and I'm thinking, wow, for AIs, our bar has been much higher I, yeah. I think rightfully so. Um, yes. Yes. Right? No, it, it, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Because, like, I, I'm sure if I went through all my support team's responses to, to customers and stuff, I mean, I'm sure I could find countless examples of where they, you know, they misspoke or said something wrong or they weren't quite right on that. I'm not going to fire them for it. They're, they're doing great. They're, they're an excellent employee. But if something like this does that even once, it's like, oh, no, you know, this isn't going to work. <laughs> so, so, so how do we, how do we, how do we do that so that we can, is that just over time that where maybe, I, maybe you, the augmented consultant is sitting next to a real consultant and you're bouncing ideas off of it and you go, that's a good one. That one's not a good one. So you still need to stand up to your AI a little bit and teach it. Yeah, certainly at the beginning and everything. But at the same time, I will say, you know, what, what we're seeing now with these models and as they're getting larger, they're, anyway, we don't entirely know why or how, but they are, as we make these things bigger, they are absolutely getting smarter. And, and the same, and I see the difference as I compare like a, you know, 13 billion parameter versus a seven versus a whatever, you know, as you start to go up those, those little mistakes that it made at the beginning, it's like, oh, this thing is, this is They're never going to work, right? Really? And then you go up to a little bigger model and all of a sudden it's like, it aces it. It's like, it, it, it not only did it get it correct, but it validated and explained the whole thing and obviously understood the logic behind it. It's not regurgitating stuff that it already knew. And it's, yeah, and, right. and so it, it, it's, there's promise there. You know, I, I, it's hard to say it's not, it'll never get there. It, it, it sure seems like, yeah, I wouldn't bet against it at this point. I, I think it's going to be able to get to a level where, you know, it's, it, it is at least the equivalent of a, of a, you know, a decent, maybe not your top employee, but, it, but it, it's going to be. Employee. Yeah, well, yeah. and, and in, in, in the case of let, let's say that I have a case and you know, we, we do have a case that we've been talking about, but let's say that I have a case where I have a whole bunch of remote sites, remote offices, and I have to manage all that stuff. And I have someone local on site, but their main job is not managing that infrastructure. Their main job is doing something else. Yes. 
perfect. This would be perfect for that, right? Because That's I could have an AI sitting there and the person could go, well, I don't know. I, I, I can't know all the intricacies of, of, um, and maybe it's a, maybe it's a grocery store, for example, right. And they've got a data center in, in the grocery store monitoring everything. And the person comes in and just says, uh, what's wrong with the system? It's running really slow. Right. Right. And then imagine the system trained on even knowing the context of where you're at and what their, at, their yeah. level is to where it could say things, you know, to where now your remote staff is basically just the remote hands. And this thing could say, can you look behind and see if the green light is flashing or solid? It's solid. Great. Now, can you look and do this? You know, they don't have to even know what's going on. They just have to have general common general. sense, right? Yeah. So this, this is wonderful, um, Greg. As always, it's it's a pleasure talking to you. And this is this has got me really excited. I can't wait to see what you guys are going to produce. Um, um, and that it hopefully moves out of the lab and kind of as yeah. a partner. Um, I want I want one to go through my emails. <laughs> yeah. I, that's all I'm gonna say. I get too many emails a day. So uh, yeah, this is exciting stuff. Cool. Yeah, thank thanks so much for having me on here. Yeah, I love love talking about it and you know we're Having a lot of fun playing with it for sure. Thank you for listening to Embracing Digital Transformation today. If you enjoyed our podcast, give it five stars on your favorite podcasting site or YouTube channel. You can find out more information about Embracing Digital Transformation at embracingdigital.org. Until next time, go out and do something wonderful.